Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. I'm Todd Brown, and I'm here as always with Robert Peake. Hey, Todd. Hey, Robert. Um, our goal in these podcasts is to give you the opportunity to deepen both your understanding of the Getting Things Done methodology and how it can help you to get more of the right things done uh, with, with more ease, with less stress. Um, and also to, you know, talk as, as far as is appropriate about the real, you know, technical details around how all of this happens and, and uh, how, you, how you adapt your tool set, how you adapt your thinking, how you make it work in your life. Um, and Robert, as you and I were talking just before you hit record, now one of the topics that we thought might be helpful would be to talk about, hey, you know, GTD, I think for a lot, an awful lot of people, GTD, you know, they, 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 they latch on to certain GTD practices, right, to, to a particular thing that for them, it might, it might seem to them a bit of a tip, tip trick sort of, uh, you know, thing that they've adopted a new way of working or a new, you know, new element of their system, a new list, something like that. Um, and one of the topics that, that uh, you know, has been on my mind, and I think you and I agreed this would be good to talk about, would be, hey, how do you, how do you sort of ensure that, your GTD system is as comprehensive as it can be. And when I say can be is maybe the right way to put it, how can you make sure that it's comprehensive enough to serve you well, right? To serve you in, in an optimal kind of a way. So we thought we'd talk about that today, right? How do, how do I ensure that my, my practice and my system are as comprehensive as I want and need them to be to get the most from them? What are, what are your sort of kickoff thoughts about that? Any any sort of framing ideas that might be helpful to get us get us started? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind is something I sometimes hear from people, which is why? Why would I want to have a comprehensive GTD system? For a lot of people, I think as you kind of alluded to, GTD is a work thing. It's a thing about being more productive and effective, and being productive is about working. Um, and so I think it's really useful to look at, you know, what what are the dynamics in play that GTD addresses? And I think fundamentally GTD addresses the dynamic that we are intentional beings that commit to outcomes, right? We we are we are um, agents of change, hopefully positive change, sort of in in our world, in that we want things to be true that are not yet true. And the simple matter is that that happens across a wide range of activities, an incredibly wide range of activities. And so uh, what GTD does is helps you um, have a much better way to keep track of those commitments, your progress on those commitments, your next actions in relation to those commitments, who else is supporting you and how, what the state of play is for all of those things so that your brain doesn't have to, basically. So, um, you know, we, we often say the brain doesn't differentiate between work and uh, and home. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night about work stuff. It'll nag you all day at work about a personal matter. Um, and particularly so if you don't have a trusted system that encompasses the comprehensiveness, not only of life and work, but all the different aspects inside of that. So it's a little theoretical, but I think, um, you know, if you can, if you can get the concept that your, that your brain will in fact, um, you know, not really care or differentiate about where the commit, what domain the commitment resides in, in terms of your compartmentalized view of your life. Um, then I think I think you can start to understand why it would be useful to have a comprehensive system. What about you, Todd? When you're when you're thinking about yeah, I'm, moving along the journey toward comprehensive, what was what was your journey like? What have you seen from others? 
Yeah, I, I really like the way you framed that. I think, you know, comprehensive, it's funny, when, when we decided we were going to talk about what does a comprehensive system look like, I was thinking about comprehensive, um, not so much in terms of personal and professional, although I completely agree with you. That's a key thing for a lot of people, right? Comprehensive means, um, you know, that, as you say, you know, sometimes people push back on this idea that, hey, um, if I'm if I'm doing a you know a mind sweep and I'm writing down things that are personal in a mind sweep that I'm doing at work, that that somehow feels wrong that I'm crossing a boundary there that's wrong, and and the point I quite often make is you know hey it, uh, you're actually in service of your professional self when you're doing the, the the mind sweep and getting those personal things off your mind because you're less likely to be distracted by them, right while you're working while you're doing the stuff that you get paid for let's say. Um, but for me, comprehensive also means moving beyond, you know, so for example, uh, if someone's been along to one of our, uh, what, what we call our fundamental seminars, right, our, our introductory level seminars, then they've, they've had an introduction to the elements, the models, the practices of a GTD, uh, of the methodology and of a system that helps them to get into control, right? So we talk primarily there about the workflow model, right? Capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. And we use that model to sort of optimize how we work. <clears throat> and and for a lot of people, that I mean, that's a huge eye-opener, a huge game-changer. It's one of the reasons, of course, that GTD has been so popular for, for as long as it has been. But one of the things that that doesn't really address directly is uh, more perspective level questions, right? So longer term outcomes, the more strategic view of our world, the um, and and those fall into this domain of uh, you know those kinds of commitments fall into those domain that that we uh, we use the horizons of focus, which is another model to address. So when I was thinking about the word comprehensive, what I was thinking of was well, a lot of people have. Uh, you know, have systems, some of them good, some of them not so good, some of them excellent, which help them to stay in control. And fewer people, I think, have done an awful lot of work in the in the direction of, uh, okay, control is great. You know, the, the, the perspective would be control is great and control is important. If I don't have control, then trying to get perspective is probably going to be a bit of a fool's errand because I'm going to spend so much time being distracted by the things that are coming at me, the things I haven't done yet, the things that are sitting on my list that I'm not getting around to because I'm not looking at my lists, right? It, 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 it's going to be a bit of a fool's errand to try to get a, a much focus on you know, the strategic outcomes at all. So that, that's what came to mind for me as I was talking about, about uh, comprehensive and, and uh, you know, there could be, I suppose, a whole other podcast just in that, but um but I don't know. What do you think? So, so for you, it's pretty clearly, uh, uh, if I've understood you right, let's make sure that your system is is one that encompasses your your complete world, as it were, personal and professional. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But I think it ties very nicely into what you're talking about with the horizons of focus model, because people, I think, often erroneously think they want work-life balance, right? And the reality is that the horizons of focus model encompasses all the different facets of work, all the different facets of life in terms of those ongoing areas that you have to support and maintain and nurture and so forth. So I think one of the beautiful things about the model is the way that perspective and control interrelate in that as you start making your system more comprehensive in terms of understanding the higher horizons, you then necessarily make it more comprehensive in terms of having the right projects, the right next actions that you're getting operational control of in the system 
as well. So I see it as a, a, a really nice, um, you know, ca- counterpoint, those, those two kind of ideas. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think on a practical basis, when, when people want to get more comprehensive, the next best place to look is to bump up to the horizons of focus and start to look at what are all the areas, you know, health and being a parent and sales responsibilities and uh, et cetera, finance, that um, are ongoing in your life. And are those well and accurately represented in terms of the tactical parts of your system, in terms of the things that you need to keep to keep moving uh, to, to make those right, to make those good, to make those match your standards for how you want your finances and your health and your parenting and your sales responsibilities to be. So to me, that's the, one of the first entry points, actually, when people say, how do I get this more comprehensive? Um, is to say, well, what are, you, what are you not representing or what are you under-representing? And very often, one of the most underrepresented places for people that are fairly new to GDD and get, just getting control, as you say, is exactly that, the, the horizons of focus, which can then help precipitate down uh, projects and actions in the places where, where needed. Does that, that make sense? Does that kind of match your... Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think I think you're right. I think those things do dovetail, and they dovetail quite nicely. Let's let's though let, let's let's um let's let's put a uh, let's let's put a supportive arm around though the people who are struggling with the issues around uh, personal and professional, and and it just strikes me it might be really helpful to just get terribly practical for a little while here and talk about okay if you've got someone who has let's say made a start with GTD and they're they're using it primarily in the or or maybe exclusively in the professional f- uh, sphere not really given much uh you know given much thought to okay what do i do with this now if i really wanted to expand it then then what would you say i mean what kind of advice would you give somebody who's really just at the beginning of expanding their thinking expanding their systems expanding their practices so that it it uh you know will become a more comprehensive system what's your advice? yeah i mean i think my own experience has been that I've sometimes had resistance to putting, to getting comprehensive in certain areas and certain places. So I think the first question to really ask is what are you what are you filtering out or what are you hiding from yourself to some extent uh, in terms of what is a real commitment, something you really want to be true. And for me, strangely enough, a lot of it, uh, you know, from time to time, has been the 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 so-called fun stuff that still is an active commitment that still requires multiple steps, that still requires coordination with other people to to get done. Um, and interestingly enough, more and more I've had to come to the idea that, look, you know, work is fun and fun is sometimes work, right? There's there's a component of it that it will it will become less fun um, if it's if it's all up in your head about what the next step is and you're having to keep track of kind of where you are and what the state of play is. In, in your head. So for me, one of the first responses to that question, what are you filtering away was, well, some of the, some of the fun stuff. Um, now some of it is nibble away, you know, one off as you like, whatever stuff that doesn't go into the system. But some of it, um, as I say, does require multiple steps. There is a clear outcome there and it can actually take up unnecessary amounts of, of psychic RAM or, a term I've heard more recent more recently that, that people are getting into is cognitive load. It can add to your overall cognitive load, as it were, to have to keep track of this stuff. So I think it'll be different for different people. Um, you know, what are you what are you filtering away or what are you hiding? For some people, I've seen what they're reticent to put into their system is tracking other people's um, 
responsibilities or interrelationships with them. So I've I've dealt with CEOs and MDs who've said, well, I shouldn't have to file the waiting for, they should just do their job. <laughs> and my point is, if you care about it, and you know it's going to be on your mind otherwise, you really need to get it into your system as well, um, so that you can follow up appropriately. If part of your job is follow up appropriately, if it doesn't happen, then that's going to be a, an active um, drain on your cognitive load or your psychic RAM, unless it's in a trusted system. So it's funny the way we, you know, the way we kind of, I think, um, trick ourselves that it's going to be okay that this little area kind of more or less stays in my head. And I think the real, uh, for me anyway, the real way to get through that is to just, you know, really sit down and say, look, you know, what, what am I filtering and is that really appropriate or not? What about you? What have, what have you seen as, as ways to make inroads to, to really get the system mm. full? Yeah. I, I think there's some, some fundamental questions that tend to come up. <clears throat> One of them we've already talked about, right? Am I capturing all of the open loops that I have, right? Whether they're personal or professional, and that's maybe sort of thing one, right? Making sure that people are setting their, or are allowing themselves, you know, to have their filters open to, uh, to recording things that are out of their personal lives. I think in addition to that, they're, they're start to become then those are very quickly followed by some other questions. Should I have two systems, right? Should I have a system at home and a different system at the office, or should I have them consolidated? And that's, again, I think a really interesting system. I think what are the, one of the side effects of, of you know the the really challenging uh, time that we've all been through in the last couple of years in the pandemic has been that people have been doing you know because more people have been working from home they're living in a hybrid world and they're they're in a in you know almost constantly many people are in a state where they could do right both personal and professional things right more of them in the in the physical space that they're occupying and and one of the subtle changes that i've found is i think um is more people have been saying yeah, i kind of get it maybe i should just have a single system right um not everybody's open to that right some people also believe hey no 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 no. i, I really really for the in the interest of effectiveness efficiency sanity whatever that their perception is I want to have two two systems, and I'm op- I'm open to that. My question then would be, how do we make sure that those two systems um, operate as efficiently as they can as discrete systems, but also that you, as the the pilot or the driver of those two systems, don't spend too much time um, sort of thumfering back and forth, and was that here or is that there, and how do I synchronize? And oh, maybe this is a different tool than that, and therefore, you know. So there, there. If you do have two systems, I think it's helpful to think about how do I make my working with the, um, you know, with both systems as efficient as possible. What some people end up doing is they'll go for something the dead simple. If they're going to have sep- uh, different systems, they'll go for something really simple at home. Right. They'll go for something which is, you know, maybe just a to-do list app or something like that, or even paper. Right? They'll just keep they'll keep the bulk of their system on paper at home, um, and that can work. That can work. Some other people, and I've seen this work very well, will use the same software at home that they have at the office. So you know, if they're in a Google environment, they'll use uh, they'll use the you know the same sort of G Suite applications just with a different account at home as opposed to when they're working as opposed to when they're working in the office so that can work or you know you could you could if you use outlook at the office you could uh, or microsoft 365 you could load that right on your on your um, 
computer at home if you use a separate computer at home and then and then at least what you've got is you've got the same you know you've got the same procedures the same tool right so that that will facilitate probably uh efficient working um so yeah early on as people are, are sort of making this transition again whether it happens in the fundamental seminar or whether it happens a bit later right as they sort of realize that they're going to want to evolve their system from a work-only system to a to a more comprehensive system. Those are some of the early things that I see that I see happen. That that ring a bell with you? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, in an interesting way, as I hear you talk about the the personal and professional system and the importance of really figuring out how how to do that in a way that works for you. In a funny way, in the hybrid world, I, I think it actually helps you create better boundaries to have your system be comprehensive across the personal and professional domain, whether it's separate or not, because um, really what it, what it helps with is that kind of that leak, that psychological leak of personal stuff sort of leaking into the professional world as you remember and think about it. Maybe I should just be handling that little thing on my lunch break and whatever to be able to say, no, I've done my weekly review. I know what's moving both personally and professionally. I can give my full focus to work. And then I know what I'm going to kind of be moving into in the evening because the system actually helps me with that. So interestingly enough, people that say, oh, well, you know, like you said, <laughs> I'm doing the mind sweep. I shouldn't write down personal things. I, I think actually systematizing personal things can help with focus at work. Um, so I think that's that's interesting. Um, a- another area just to touch on is, um, is having a system in relation to, I guess one of the things that's happened in the hybrid world is we've inherited systems more and more groupware systems are coming into play. People are using Slack and Teams and a host of other uh, solutions to try and help focus the mind, to try and help teams focus on outcomes and collaborate. But there's this this great quote by the poet William Blake, um, who said, I must create my own system or be enslaved by another man's. Now, he was talking about these wild imaginative worlds that he was creating. But I think it applies just as well too in the hybrid working world to, you know, do you have your own trusted system that really works for you? Or are you in a sense reliant on Teams threads and Slack threads and having to kind of make your way, you know, wade your way through all of that and deal with all of the other systems that are kind of imposed on you. So getting comprehensive in relation to that, I think, is important as well, and not just assuming, well, you know, it's in the the company system, it's in the shared system, therefore, um, I'm just going to take that on completely wholesale. It's like, no, figure out how that works in your world, in relation to your world of managing all your commitments, rather than just receiving as read that that's going to be, um, you know, the, the the best or optimal way in terms of how that works for you. So I think I think encompassing that wider system and the, the, the team and groupware system is, is an important part of being comprehensive too. I don't know if that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, yeah, sorry. I was just going to know if that, yeah, if that so brings, brings bells for you. I think teams comes up a lot. I mean, in the, the big, the, the lowercase T of, of dealing with team teamwork a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely agree. And, and it's becoming, I was, I've, I had this conversation twice with two different clients yesterday, right? How do we, in an environment where, Email is still a thing, right? I, I have yet to meet anybody who said, yeah, we managed to completely 
eliminate email by making a transition to Teams or to Slack or whatever the tool is, right? I have yet to hear from anybody. And by the way, if there's anybody out there in the audience who has absolutely managed to banish email from their lives completely, we'd be very, very interested to hear from you. But um, so as I say, I've, I've not heard from those people. So a lot of people are trying to make this uh, you know, make this kind of transition to a to an, uh, a more integrated, as you say, integrated world in terms of integrating multiple tools, and that's the challenge. You know, I mean, the for a lot of people, I think it's not really clear because they haven't had the conversations within the organization about what what are my commitments about being a member of a, let's just say a Teams channel, right? What are my commitments? What, 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 what can people expect in terms of the amount of time that I'm going to spend reviewing the messages there? Well, how about, you know, uh, how about, um, how about an email, right? And, you know, email has been around for a lot longer and yet those conversations are very rarely had, right? Teams are not sitting down again, teams with a small T are not sitting down and saying, okay, when we send messages to each other in email, in the form of email, what's our expectation? How long is it going to be before some, you know, before the recipients have put their eyes on it? And that's, you know, those kinds of standards can reduce stress in teams uh, a lot. Just having a conversation and agreeing those kinds of standards, I think, can have a, uh, you know, can have a big impact on, on effective team working. And, and as we're adding these tools, as we're adding these, you know, sort of as it were internal social media tools and things like Teams, um, they're going to, you know, the, the, the requirement for those, the complexity of the system goes up and the requirement, uh, uh, you know, to, to have those conversations in order to set those standards, I think, becomes, uh, becomes more important, becomes more, um, you know, more, more a, a key part of helping the team to, to operate most effectively. We're sadly, uh, this has gone so fast. I'm not quite sure why, but this has really gone quickly today. Um, uh, really enjoyed the conversation, Robert. Just, just some final thoughts around, um, you know, core ideas. If someone is struggling with um, any of the, you know, any of the uh, sort of flavors of, of, you know, comprehensiveness that we've been talking about for the last half hour or so, what, what would you recommend? What, what kinds of advice would you give them around, you um, uh, you know, first first thing to do. What's what's a suggested next action? Maybe put it in those terms. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard for us to be comprehensive about being comprehensive because it's so individual in terms of what's going to be missing, as it were. But as you said, the inroad, the inroad to to getting started with that is, I think, really what you said earlier is look at the capture practice. What are you capturing, and what are you going? Oh, I don't need to capture that. I don't need to deal with that. That's in some other compartment or place. Um, you know, and to really start to uh, look at capture to start doing really good mind sweeps with a a comprehensive mindset in mind. You can also use the um, incompletion trigger lists from the methodology guides as a way to sort of mine out and um, and you know um, sort of wear down the filters that might be in there that are stopping you from really catching what everything is that needs to be systematized. So I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with with really starting with that capture practice, but again with the mindset of hey. I want to. I'm. I'm open now to look at all the commitments, and I think once you've come a certain distance along in the GTD journey, um, people people will be ready for that. What about you? What's what's? Yeah, I, I think that's really good, and and I and and so I, I I the only thing I guess I would add to that is, and this is going back to something that you said earlier underlies this whole topic is just be be ready to have the conversation with yourself about the negative impact of not having a comprehensive system, right? So what, how is that holding you back, right? That probably means 
that you're being more distracted about personal things at work than you want to be, or even when you're just sort of, you know, dealing with downtime or, or in downtime or trying to sleep for Pete's sake, you know, that's all, that's probably a negative. So, so be open to the disadvantages of, of not having a comprehensive approach. And of course, you know, focus a bit on the, on the why, as we've been talking about today, the why of having a comprehensive system and what kind of benefits that would bring for you. So thank you all for being with us uh, once again for this Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Um, please do hit like and subscribe down below. Uh, like if you like this and, and subscribe if you'd like to hear more about what's going on uh, when we publish new versions of this, uh, of this podcast. Um, as we always say, if there's anything that we can do to be of, of service to you in your uh, GTD journey, please do let us know. Um, for me and for Robert, until next time, bye for now.